0: Inspires, people and stories behind cloud transformation. Episode 19 with Kenneth von Saxo, talking about Microsoft Entra and Zero Trust. Hi, and welcome to our next episode of the Cloud Inspires podcast. And it's always a pleasure to have Thomas here on board. Thomas, how are you?
1: Hey, Gregor, how are you? Yeah, a new episode, and Absolutely. we don't wait months for a new record, so we are just in time for a new episode, right?
0: Yeah, sometimes when we have when we have some planning, then it's all fine. But I think uh, we doesn't have really vacation in the summertime, so I have a lot of projects, and I have heard that you have something with a new house in the backlog.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of ongoing work uh, in personal life, but also business. Um, but yeah, it's also vacation time. When I take a look outside, um, it seems to be that the summer has gone, a little bit rainy days here in Germany. We heard from our guest for this podcast uh, that the weather in his uh, country is not in a good position for summer vacation time. But <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about that, I
0: think, later. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So and the last but not least is also we have a lot of to do's for our upcoming event, I think. And do you know what which, which uh, what I mean? Uh, you are talking about
1: the Women's World Cup, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that, there's, there's something, something like a like a similar global event, right? Uh... Yeah,
0: absolutely. Global <laughs> event, yeah. It's it's really the be- best that you described this, yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, before we forget, we're crossing all the fingers for the German team. Uh, I think they are playing to day um not tomorrow, tomorrow. I'm, yeah. okay.
0: so from our recording tomorrow De- uh, depending time
1: yeah right um yeah well, there's a um, um there's a conference called cloud identity summit uh oh it, yes
0: uh, and i'm really looking forward to it
1: very soon and um yeah there's some some preparation works we are already um, preparing uh, location, technical stuff. I think, Gregor, you have um, yeah, all, uh, all, also um, a lot of things uh, on our list. We are planning to have stickers. I heard about it.
0: Oh, and I have seen a lot of great stickers. So uh, Thomas has fantastic uh, inspiration for, for great stickers, I will say.
1: Yeah, so definitely worth to uh, attend on site. Um, but when we're talking about events, of course, the Cloud Identity Summit is something that the people should have uh, marked in the calendar. It um, will take place Actually. on September 7th uh, in Koblenz, Germany. Um, oh, I
0: feel it's near the Windland, I mean.
1: It is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is a beautiful city uh, in the middle between Frankfurt and Cologne. Uh, so. Definitely worth to visit, and there's some other events as well, right? In the in Scotland and also in um, in some European events as well.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's going on uh, after our event. So the September is always the event uh, month, I think, or conference month. And the next one is then after the uh, AVD Tech Fest in Edinburgh, and I have also heard it's free of charge. And yeah, you can all see. Uh, under our avdtechfest.com, but we will also uh, list it in our show notes. And next one is the Experts Live I have feared
1: Yeah, right. Experts Live Conference Europe uh, in Prague. And... Um... I think it is at the same time. So if you are not able to attend um, the Experts Live because you're located outside of Europe or not able to travel, then it's also a perfect time to visit to your Microsoft 365 conference in Atlanta, the US. <laughs> uh, called the Experts Conference. And um, there's also the opportunity to meet me uh, as a speaker. So um, yeah, it will be great to see some of you guys uh, there as well. That's um, great. And there's another one, right?
0: Absolutely. But I think we can also, uh, we will, uh, can, yeah. It's a Work with Ninja Summit uh, in Baden. I have here, it's not Baden-Baden in Germany. So it's more Baden in the Switzerland. Um, And yeah, also I can really remember on the last year where we will attend this great conference in the heart of uh, of Switzerland was really a pleasure. But unfortunately, this year I have vacation at the same time, and I cannot say my wife and I will attend the conference. (laughs) This is why we cannot attend. But. they are always still speak uh, great speakers there and with the great of sessions and maybe our guest is also there but I'm not sure about this but I i thinking about it. I, I think so yeah. yeah yeah
1: all right and that's a perfect move uh, to say hello and welcome to our guest
2: how are hi. Doing? <laughs> <laughs> hello how are you? hi how are you doing. Yeah, I'm fine, and uh, thanks for inviting me for uh, this uh, this uh, uh, podcast uh, recording. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing fine, and I hope you guys are doing well as uh, as well.
0: Yeah, absolute, but the weather. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, but uh, as Thomas already mentioned, uh, I feel your pain because we have the same weather in the Netherlands at the moment. It's only raining and raining and raining uh, in the summer. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit, uh, uh, bit a pity uh, to say so.
0: So Kenneth, please introduce yourself so that uh, our guests can learn where are and uh, who you are.
2: Well, um, my name is Kenneth van Uh I'm uh, 48 years old, so I'm nearing uh, 50. And,
0: um, oh, not, not, not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nearer to the 30s. Indeed. <laughs> and, um,
2: I actually live uh, in, the, in Amersfoort in the Netherlands, and that's actually, if you divide the Netherlands with a cross, it's actually in the middle of the Netherlands, meaning that I can easily travel to every city uh, within the Netherlands. Um, today, I actually call myself a, a modern workplace consultant. And that actually means that I'm actually uh, involved uh, with implementing modern workplace solutions uh, at different customers. And um, yeah, I, I do that in the uh, in the broadest uh, way. Uh, so uh, from Intune to uh, Microsoft Entra ID, as we should call it uh, nowadays, uh, including uh, security, device management, uh, also some uh, exchange online uh, uh, stuff. So uh, yeah, that's quite interesting because in the last couple of years, my, uh, my spectrum of technologies has actually broadened uh, quite a lot uh, and I really uh, enjoy my work and uh, all the challenges uh, that I face every day. All right, and
1: um, when when we're talking about you already mentioned about the uh, rebranding, so uh, you started your cloud journey uh, very early, right? So uh, what was yeah. your early early days as a as a consultant in the in the M two hundred sixty five or Azure environment?
2: Well, I think that started with my customers moving so towards what we uh, at that time called the business productivity online suite, had b box, yeah, and uh, where they actually started moving their uh, mailbox into the, the Exchange Online uh, service. And what actually was quite interesting at that point in time that most customers knew that their mail was actually hosted uh, by, uh, at Microsoft uh, as, a, as, a, as a SaaS uh, service. But uh, my customers were not aware that they were actually also making use of an identity provider which was called uh, Azure AD at that point in time. And uh, yeah, uh, that whole transformation was actually quite interesting because many customers were already using Azure AD, but uh, without even knowing it.
1: So, so, yeah, one of the consultants that um, have um, feel the pain uh, from migration from DeerSync to Azure AD Connect and also the different yeah. PowerShell modules, uh, of course, there's a history of yeah. migration when it comes to Azure or Enter ID at a, yeah. um, over the yeah. years,
2: right? Yeah, um, uh, I, I learned a lot uh, during that time, and uh, I, I think uh, uh, due to that that experience, it's actually um, sometimes uh, uh, harder to to embrace new technology because you're actually uh, when new technology is announced, you only have questions, a lot of questions. Yeah. How does it work compared to uh, what we uh, were supposed to do in the past? And especially uh, because I have a, a longer experience within IT, uh, I think that the more experience you have, maybe the harder it is to uh, to embrace new technology because you you really want to know uh, how it involves uh, with other products, with all the old products and uh, and stuff. So sometimes I envy uh, younger people uh, starting in IT, which uh, yeah, which don't have that baggage and can maybe more easy. Uh, easily learn uh, new stuff yeah
0: yeah but, there's uh, so many So many times we have also the the older stuff like network, DNS, and also it's still a pain, I think, because I have also a lot of projects and every time I (laughs) I have to discuss, sometimes I have to discuss about network related stuff, DNS (laughs) and so on. And it's really sometimes a pain that the old stuff is also uh, going on.
2: (laughs) And I I do think that being experienced uh, can be an advantage because uh, you know where things are coming from and you, you have seen the beginning of uh, how, how things worked, But uh, yeah, sometimes uh, it, it can also be a disadvantage, especially when new products uh, come uh, in the market. Uh, and you really want to know uh, in technical depth, uh, how things work and, and stuff. And uh, yeah, that, that's a matter of uh, uh, in my uh, case, when new products uh, are being announced, uh, I always have more questions than uh, answers are being given at that point in time, and I really want to do a deep dive in how the product works and uh, uh, how I can use it to, to help my customers.
0: yeah absolutely. Uh, so um you sounds that you have a broad range of of experience around the whole platform about Microsoft sixty five uh, but what is your favorite uh, topic uh, actual on today? in this kind or in this service world?
2: Well, um, to be honest, my favorite topic is still Microsoft 365. And the reason why I'm actually telling that because that's quite broad, but uh, it's still uh, uh, everything infrastructure related. So uh, uh, device management, but also uh, how how all those different components uh, can work together. Uh, and um, that for me, that's the most interesting because uh, I see at many of my customers that they have uh, some knowledge about different products, but they actually they have a challenge in integrating those products in such a way that they really work uh, uh, closely together. And uh, uh, I, I really like the integration, but that that does require me to know uh, much about many products.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I got got your point. So because I was also what I really like about this, it's not to to take a look at one service, so it makes a difference, and to combine these different services yeah. to get a better experience or to get a better solution. And this is yeah. really what I also like on about the whole platforms. Yeah, yeah indeed.
2: And um, uh, in the past, I used to be really be a device management uh, expert. So I was really. Mm-hmm. Uh, into yeah, the, I've
0: seen some blog posts from you about in the relates of like Intune yeah. or what it's called a little bit earlier. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, it used to be called
2: uh, System Center Configuration, ah, yeah, Sccm, uh, uh, yeah. And uh, uh, the reason for that is, is because that was actually the product which brought me into the IT workspace. Uh, and I was, uh, uh, yeah, I have been uh, involved with Sccm uh, implementations for more than 20 years. Uh, but also there actually learning that Intune was a whole new service with a whole new way of thinking was for me quite hard because I used to come from the SSM world where we thought that we knew everything already and we had to unlearn that in order to learn uh, what Intune was actually doing and uh, yeah, that that can still be a challenge but uh, I can really say that my work uh, especially in the last couple of years really transformed from being an SSCM consultant towards being uh, becoming a Microsoft Modern Workplace consultant.
0: Yeah, but I think yeah, this is yeah, is the whole environment mostly yeah the case also. So you you know this is a private round, so we do not have any listener. So um, what do you think about the rebrand of the EverAD product?
2: Yeah, well, uh, I'm, <laughs> actually, I'm actually I'm actually a close follower of everything going on on uh, social media. So I follow Twitter, I, I follow uh, blogs, uh, etc. <laughs> and um, uh, the, the, the problem with the rebranding is always that people have to get used to it. And I think that if we talk to each other in uh, maybe one year, we are only talking about Microsoft Entra ID uh, AD and not about Azure AD anymore. Uh, But um, yeah, uh, and uh, of course, for many people, it will also have implications because they have to modify documentation. uh, 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 You can't search for Microsoft Entra ID at the moment. eh? If you do a Google search, you still have to know that you have to look for uh, uh, Azure AD. And uh, to give you a a small peek uh, in the work I'm doing, I have like a naming convention for my Azure AD groups which start with AAD, of course, and maybe I have to start uh, renaming them, uh, I won't do that, but uh, it, it has uh, implications. But um, yeah, on the other hand, uh, uh, to be really honest, uh, I think that uh, the Azure AD naming was never the proper name for the, for the solution because uh, uh, Azure AD or Microsoft Entry ID is much more than like a domain controller uh, hosted in the cloud. Uh, I do understand why Microsoft uh, named the service Azure AD in the beginning, so to give customers the feeling, hey, it's uh, similar to what we are doing with AD uh, on-premises, but then in the cloud. But um, uh, I I think that the rebranding uh, actually... Uh, uh, tells us uh, way better what the service is doing because it's an identity provider and it's part of an, a broad range of solutions on the, under the Microsoft Entra uh, branding. Uh, but again, um, uh, uh, and that's maybe also related to uh, uh, my age. It uh, uh, the the older you get, the harder it is to to uh, uh, to get used to new naming and stuff like that. Mm.
1: And you already mentioned that the work that needs to be done uh, to be a uh, consequent uh yeah. user of the new naming. For example, I personally affected as well. I have a PowerShell POC project called ADOps. Uh yeah. So yeah, yeah. that I need to <laughs> rename it. Yeah. Um, no, but at uh, the end, I totally agree with you. So uh, it makes sense because Microsoft changed also the strategy. So AAD is not only IDP, it's a whole identity product family. Yeah. Uh, I think that's also uh, interesting to see uh, how it has changed in the last few years. And um, if we are talking about the1 million dollar questions from customers, hey, what is the difference between AD, AJED and AJD domain services? Yeah. Uh, there's also some some, oh. some pain. But I guess uh, AJD will be something like MCAS so the people will still say amcas even uh, after one or two years after rebrand so yeah, yeah it will be at a uh, time and uh, will we uh, take it uh, time uh, until uh, everyone will be on the same page when it comes yeah out. and
2: uh, and it's, it's those those things that you are used to eh? like doing a google search on Azure id which you might uh, might now also have to do on azure id and microsoft entra id we actually had the same with uh, with intune eh? because intune was first then we have uh, had Microsoft Endpoint Manager, yeah. and later it w- became Intune again. But yeah, there are now blogs on Intune, there are blogs on Microsoft Intune, and there are uh, blogs on Microsoft Endpoint Manager. Yeah, and uh, uh, you have to uh, find your way around to, to find the correct information uh, if you want to search something on the uh, on the on the uh, via the search engines uh, nowadays. Yeah, and maybe but, we but, will uh,
1: have a reprint from Microsoft Defender back to Forefront. That will. Yeah, be. why not? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But, yeah Thomas, but, you um, mentioned it so great. So this brings also a, a great question up uh, in my uh, in my mind. Uh, what is with the name of Azure AD DS? It will be also renamed to end by DS. It doesn't yeah. know. <laughs>
1: no, I, I wouldn't expect.
0: But I, yeah. uh, I also think it will be related on the old name because it makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, we still have to get used to it. Uh, the, so that's <laughs> the thing. And I I, I do think that uh, if we are talking to each other in maybe half a year, uh, we are uh, talking about Microsoft and ID, uh, just the way that we are doing about Azure ID. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that will be but every uh rebranding of stuff uh, people will have to get used to it and people will uh, have uh, yeah serious um, uh, issues with uh, with the new name uh, of course yeah
1: yeah the, the rebranding was a was a, a part of an of an event uh, to announce some some updates and uh, uh, announcements uh, in, in the microsoft entra product family and this name Entra product family was uh, announced, I think, last year uh, already. Uh, so yeah. there was some 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 spoilers that something could happen. Um, but unfortunately, the whole rebrand discussion has, um, from my point of view, has moved the spotlight a little bit away from the core announcements. And maybe that is something that is more interesting to discuss for technical guys, not only about marketing topics like rebrands, uh, so we have two new products new uh new uh capabilities that coming to to uh to microsoft entra to the formerly known as AD family and yeah. uh, so uh, the entra internet access and private access and Indeed. as someone that has um the pleasure to work with Forefront tmg in the past and uh, AD uh, app proxy so i'm really interested in publishing apps uh, with microsoft products and it
2: seems yeah. to be a something new here, right? Yeah. yeah that, do, do you still remember the discussion that was going on at the time that Microsoft said we are not going to further evolve uh, TMG mm-hmm. and that people were actually questioning yeah, but what's going to happen then? How do I do this and how do I do that? And uh, I, I think that that uh, with these two new uh, announcements that we finally maybe have the answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we are now years further uh, compared to when uh, products like TMG were uh, actually uh, uh, used by many companies, uh, in that case. But the yeah, uh, exciting times uh, going on, because yeah, you actually now see yeah, that uh, uh, in addition to uh, identity, we are now also doing something with yeah, uh, trusted uh, uh, or uh, network locations. Uh, and bringing that into the game of conditional access, uh, of course. And uh, yeah, that, that will be quite interesting because we see uh, a lot of challenges uh, nowadays yeah, with uh, when it comes to securing access to uh, especially your company data stored in the cloud uh, and how Microsoft is going to solve that. Um, and uh, yeah, these two products uh, will actually help uh, with that as well. But uh, they will also maybe... Um, force companies to make some hard changes on uh, where and on what devices users can work. uh, um, But uh, I think those those choices need to be made uh, if you want to go more secure than uh, you can today. So
1: maybe to to, to bring another angle to the story, you already mentioned conditional access. And if we take a look on the conditional access story in the past, it was very strong when we are talking about modern out having uh, cloud apps that are integrated uh, to Azure AD. And um, if we are talking about uh, how I can say then traditional apps, there was just a solution with the Azure AD app proxy uh, has some nice capabilities but now with the opportunity private access to publish a full range of new um, traditional or legacy apps, I see really the potential uh, migration path to modernize the security parameter. Even the app is on a technology stack that is not really cloud-like, right?
2: Indeed, and um, uh, uh, I see that as well, because uh, I have uh, less uh, uh, customers doing cloud only compared to uh, customers doing hybrid, meaning that they still have uh, an AD with uh, uh, RDS servers and maybe uh, other stuff going on. And where we see that uh, in some cases, uh, my clients decide still to deploy a, a traditional VPN solution. Uh, but what is the, uh, uh, yeah, the disadvantage of the VPN solution that it actually gives the client on the Internet, of course, access to a network segment and within that network segment, that client can actually, actually access anything without any restrictions. Yeah? The only thing you need is be into the VPN and from there you can do anything. And that is something that the private access will actually change because uh, we can be uh, much more granular on what uh, services we are going to provide to, to the end user and actually uh, make that available using conditional access as well. Eh? So uh, say for example, you can do RDP to a server in the internal network, but your device needs to be compliant in that case. And that's, that's uh, in my case, um, uh, or in my opinion, a better
0: solution compared to the traditional VPN that we know today. And I think this is really also the great benefit from from the whole Antwerp product or from the, all these identity products that you can now go away from this traditional network segmented products like firewall proxy related, where you yeah. only give gives a more related network uh, uh, stuff uh, the yeah the, the 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 possibility to to reach a service or whatever, but not can really not say. Is divided or it's uh, yeah bounded on the on the user side, and I think this is really also one of the benefits that you be going more and more really to the user identity uh, lifecycle and TIPS can really say we will also give access to some internet uh, domains, internet service, or whatever based on on the yeah on the user account and not on the on yeah related more like uh, network products where we will say we have to allow a port or a DNS name or whatever in a firewall and what what do you also think about the whole strategy how do you think it makes it's also sense and how it comparing this to the zero trust uh yeah discussion so that we have now more and more this identity stuff and go away from the yeah from the network stuff i will say
2: yeah yeah well uh, in the end hey, it's all a matter of uh, uh, if you are really honest uh, uh you, you can all almost predict what Microsoft is going to release. Because if you follow companies like Gartner who actually are telling what the next things are going to be, they already announced, of course, what we call with a nice word, the security service edge, which is actually a generic term of all kinds of services that manufacturers of these kind of products are going to implement. And, uh, and Microsoft is also stepping in uh, uh, in this range of products, uh, and they already did that. Uh, because the the, default, uh, the Microsoft Defender for Cloud Apps, which is actually a cloud app security broker, was already a, a component of that whole strategy taking place. Um, so uh, yeah, this announcement, uh, if you if you are really following on a strategic uh, strategic level what all the network vendors are doing, it's actually quite. Um, uh, it could be predicted that that Microsoft is coming with a with a similar uh, solution stack uh, as well, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, that that also means that uh, in some cases Microsoft is going to um, uh, provide functionality that other network vendors are already providing, and. Um, Um, Yeah, uh, there it will really depend on the customer on whether they are going to continue working with the products from their traditional network vendor, or that maybe these announcements are the reason for companies to go all in on the Microsoft stack because they are using those products already. And and that will be interesting to see what, what customers are going to do on that front. Uh, yeah, and looking at these two new services, uh, yeah, I think uh, they will bring additional value to standardizing on Microsoft uh, solution, uh, and maybe that will also mean that uh, I'm talking now about being a modern workplace consultant. That maybe networking will become one of the uh, new expertises that I need to add to my arsenal in that case. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but what I really like about the approach, so Microsoft is not the first company that is doing uh, secure access edge products or zero trust uh, network access products but as you already mentioned, the integration. So still conditional access is the zero trust policy engine. So we um, still have the identity parameter where we invest um, a lot of time and energy to build policies to to have our our, uh, uh, bodyguard for for cloud access. And um, we still see um, the original IP address from the client. And I think that is one of the, the major points when we are talking about the whole uh, token security story, because yeah. uh, when we have uh, similar products from other renders, we becoming blind. We have no um, source IP address, no conditional access that can use all of the security capabilities uh, with the risk detections and entra id protection i think is the new name formerly yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. known as the identity protection so yeah. um what do you think about um the security approach how it plays to the conditional access story
2: yeah i i think uh, again it, it, it makes total sense and uh the, the yeah the, the advantages, uh what you're already telling uh the, the integration uh taking place and that that might be Uh, the reason to actually choose for that integration uh, instead of using maybe uh, a product which is maybe more uh, mature already because they exist longer, but doesn't uh, provide that, that total integration, which we really need today in order to have a full visibility into the environment. Uh, we, we see that with the Defender products uh, and the integration taking place there and uh, uh, the, the same actually should be uh, valid for actually a network access and identity protection that we are doing.
1: Yeah, right. And I think one of the most interesting features and I have not enough time yet to, to have a deep dive on that, but um, there's a new feature called Strictly Enforcement for CAE. Yeah. Uh, the continuous access evaluation. And I, what I found really interesting that we have the capability to, what uh, is the, the heart, the idea or the core principle of uh, CIE to uh, continuous evaluate even the um, access token was being issued. is yeah. really, really cool. And now we can bind that to a trusted network, but not the traditional network parameter like your on-prem firewall stuff. So the more new parameter with the private access um that has yeah. also validated by conditional access so it seems to be really a complete uh solution that uh yeah plugs into the different um capabilities uh, that already exist in android id yeah so uh,
2: so basically uh with with all the the, the global secure access taking place uh, you're actually uh popping into the, the, the Microsoft global network, eh, which is already available uh, worldwide with, with uh, so-called POPs, eh, where you actually connect uh, to. And they, they are considered uh, uh, that's considered a compliant network uh, nowadays. So that's something different than a trusted network, eh, which you can define within Azure ID conditional access. But we are now talking about yeah, compliant networks, which is actually that global network that Microsoft uh, provides. Uh, and because it's actually available worldwide, you always have the best possible connection uh, to that network. Yeah,
1: it's also about latency, right? Yeah, indeed.
2: Yeah, and um, uh, and that was something that uh, I uh, sometimes see with customers as well. Right? They have a workforce uh, globally. They use VPN. And in some cases, they actually uh, use the VPN from another country and that, uh, through that VPN, they actually connect to the internet uh, again, uh, where the latency is really high and the experience is really low uh, at that point in time. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, interesting to see is what will ha- happen. And uh, just like you, uh, Thomas, I, I haven't uh, uh, much experience with the service yet because it was just announced but it will be really interesting to see uh, what will actually happen there uh, and uh, yeah, how, how companies will actually start using
0: it. I think this is what also really when, yeah, I think hopefully in a perfect world, the most company company are still using conditional Access, but also I see it so, especially in some kinds of my customers, there, it's really a lack of, yeah, yeah. Integration and using conditional access, and also we have some customers say, yeah, still using ADFS, which makes it also hard yeah. to still using conditional access. But yeah, I see also that, this, uh, uh, that the integration implementation starts really, really uh, more or uh, well, gets more more speed now yeah. to to also integrate this kind of services and also to to uh, yeah to secure your environment with all this uh, this possibilities that you have, and yeah, I think. It will be running and coming more and more again. So I've seen an uh, interesting feature. This was uh, conditional nee, authentication strengths. So I think it's more n- a new feature for conjugal access, but how, uh, what, uh, how would this uh, function? So it's not clear for me. Actually. Yeah, well, it's uh, good that you ask yeah, because uh, what
2: authentication strength is actually doing is it's actually allowing you to define which MFA methods are allowed for a certain login session. So uh, uh, currently, today we have like uh, maybe uh, 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 more than ten methods to do MFA. Yeah? from uh, receiving an SMS or a phone call towards uh, uh, authenticating using a FIDO two security key. Uh, and uh, we are actually seeing now that some of those MFA methods are not considered secure enough anymore, while uh, others are of course uh, uh, very secure. Uh, and uh, up until authentication strengths, we actually didn't have uh, like a real method to gradually define which of those MFA methods were allowed when you are uh, using conditional access. So what you can actually do now, uh, and uh, it's available, uh, uh, I think it's already uh, GA uh, at the moment. Yeah, Yeah, you can actually define an authentication strength, which is actually nothing more than a policy defining uh, which authentication methods are allowed uh, and uh, you can use the authentication strength uh, within your conditional access policy again. So uh, to give you an idea, uh, in the past, we only had uh, uh, require multi-factor authentication. And nowadays we can actually say, well, require an authentication strength. And that can differ uh, per scenario. Uh, and uh, to give you an example, uh, I have, I've started to uh, implement uh, authentication strength at my customers uh, where we actually allow uh, all uh, MFA methods uh, for normal users. But if you have some kind of administrative roles, we do enforce uh, phishing resistant MFA already, making sure that the admins are actually only using uh, real secure MFA methods uh, to start with. Uh, and later we can actually implement a new conditional access policies with other authentication strengths, removing old uh, MFA methods which we don't want to use anymore, like uh, SMS and other stuff.
0: Yeah, it is really great to secure and to harden the environment, but it brings me also to the point how yeah how important it is to yeah really take a look at the blocks and how which new features coming in and to yeah. really harden. The environment and take a look which features can be implemented and how i can use it to harden my my, yeah, my environment
2: yeah yeah well that's actually uh, the, the most interesting uh about my work uh, nowadays is that uh, if you look at what's possible nowadays that uh, microsoft is way ahead of what most companies are currently doing and so uh it, it's uh, uh the, the work that we are doing is is actually helping our customers on the train towards what we call zero trust uh, nowadays. Uh, And uh, not all customers are already mature enough to start adopting all these new technologies. So, um, uh, and uh, looking at my work, my my work changed from doing projects for maybe six weeks at customers. And I'm actually involved for uh, longer times at many customers nowadays, helping them along the way to to implement more secure uh, security measures at the moment. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I like that better because um, uh, you, you act, uh, really uh, build a good relationship with customers because you help them from, for, for a longer term. And uh, uh, I think that's better
1: yeah and uh i think um there's a huge new world that coming to conditional access because also with authentication context we've given yes. you all the opportunity for step up and we can take i think hours uh, about conditional access. And that's also the reason why we have invited you to the Cloud Identity Summit. Yeah. I think there will be a session uh, from you about implementing uh, implementing and building advanced uh, policies, right? Yeah. yeah what was the
0: name, Azure ID or enter id <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's now um, uh, implementing Microsoft Enter ID
2: advanced uh, 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 conditional access policies or uh, something like that. Yeah, but again, uh, I, I've already talked a lot about setting up the basics, but uh, yeah, the, 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 uh, the advanced scenarios are quite interesting as well, but I do have to make the remark that, of course, implementing advanced scenarios makes no sense if you don't have the, the proper conditional access platform uh, uh, on which you uh, built on top uh, of. So yeah, uh, I think that will be quite interesting to, to cover some of those advanced uh, scenarios, because yeah, also my customers come up with the most interesting scenarios and uh, challenge me uh, whether I can actually build them uh, those scenarios for them. So yeah, that that, that uh, I really look forward to to, uh, to uh, discuss uh, that uh, uh, with your audience uh, during the
0: event. We also.
1: And for for Gregor, if you're interested in authentication strength, there will be a session from Chris Pum about this topic. He has um, uh, shared some experience about eliminating, come on, killing (laughs) uh, passwords or weak uh, credentials by using the strongest uh, authentication strength that exists.
0: Good that you know all all our sessions.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I have. yeah, I'm prepared for, for, for the event. <laughs> All right, we already announced you that we have something special at the end of every podcast episode. And uh, I guess, Krigor, we have prepared some interesting, um, yeah, choose or selection of quiz questions or uh, how I can say that. And yeah, uh, Krigor, do you like to start with the first one? I think the first one are more the Warm up to, to <laughs> get it so, so yeah, yeah, the yeah absolutely so we right?
0: will yeah we will um, we will start uh, from from a little bit um, easier solution or questions to a little bit more uh, difficult uh, questions. So and the first one is uh, which company in Eindhoven invented the CD DVD and Blu-ray?
2: Yeah, that that should be Philips. Yeah? So yeah. Uh... Yeah, the, the, if you if you <laughs> mention Eindhoven, there's actually one company uh, uh, really uh, having presence uh, over there. So that's that's Philips. Yeah.
0: Ah, okay. I have I have uh, <laughs> avoid the name of the of the <laughs> of the city. I think <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. One point. So Thomas, next okay. one.
1: So next one. Um, which country has invented the first submarine? Or, how we say it in German? I don't know if it, it exists in English as well. as well, U uh, uh,
2: Boot, is it in that, German? No, yeah. you are, I,
0: I think you're absolutely right.
2: Sorry for this. Submarine Oh, uh, but uh, uh, that's a good question. I have no idea. I don't have time to actually Google it. Uh, yeah, so
1: <laughs> three options for you uh, uh, United Kingdom, France, and the Netherlands.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would go for. Uh, for France, then, for some reason, yeah. But I think it's a uh, uh, it's fault.
1: Yeah, it is fault. <laughs> but um, on the other um, reason why you are maybe thinking uh, is uh, the Netherlands. So oh, yeah, they do. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, it's uh, also, r- It was yeah. really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah but uh, we, we do live
2: by the sea, uh, so that makes a little bit sense. But uh, now I I didn't know that. Uh, no. And I, I always wonder how, how you invent something like that. Eh? So uh, they were actually rowing and then they turned around, <laughs> hey, maybe now a, a U-boat or a submarine. Oh, interesting, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, the next one.
0: Yeah, and this was also an interesting question. So um, which was the name of the acquired company for MFA functionality? In Azure AD, yeah. Well, did they acquire that company huh? yeah this was also new for me but yeah. uh, I have uh, yeah no
2: i i have no idea no, no. what what was the name it's a uh, phone factor oh okay yeah i i, I heard that naming uh, uh before but i okay. didn't know that that it was actually a company that mark supports Uh, for that functionality okay interesting so
1: at always uh our listeners has to double check and make um make uh some some feedback to us if we have wrong answers (laughs) (laughs) fake news but uh, at the end of the day uh (laughs) yeah uh, that was something what i have also able to validate by using google yeah (laughs) (laughs) gpt no no so last but not least, uh, we have two additional questions, but uh, one of the interesting ones, in my opinion, who has developed uh, initially the authentication protocol or So four options, uh, Google, Novel, Twitter, or Facebook. Well,
2: cool. uh, I think one of the last two, to be honest. So I, uh, I would go for Twitter in that case. Uh, yeah
1: congratulations yeah
2: so no uh, um x right <laughs> yeah and but, but also the, the the reason for that is because uh, uh for most uh, services you can actually log in using twitter or facebook yeah and i think that twitter you, you see that more often so uh twitter made more sense again I, I didn't know the answer but from those four answers twitter was my first uh, uh, usual
0: suspect uh, to say so yeah Great. Good, good. Uh last question. The last one. oh yeah, yeah, you can do. Yeah. You
1: can do. Uh, just, got, uh, just as a side note for the last question, we have stolen the question from Eric Berg.
0: Okay. He has
1: uh, uh asked me yeah. the question in one of our uh German speaking uh, podcast episodes, and I was able to answer the, the, okay. uh, the question. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <pleasure> <laughs> yeah. now yeah. the
2: expectations are quite high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, bring it on. <laughs> uh,
0: how many conditional access policies can be created in a tenant? Um, oh, that's a good one. I, I,
1: the options, uh, maybe we give you some some uh, answer uh, opportunities. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, yeah. 128,
1: 195, 256, and 300.
2: I had another count in my head. So none of those answers are actually in there. So (laughs) I would actually go for the uh, 128 in that case.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I haven't uh, uh, hit the limit yet. No, It's closed, but it's more the limit uh, 195. It's really interesting but yeah. uh, not sure Thomas. can you explain why this was the limit but I think it's not, not really to cannot be explained. but no
1: the, the last time Eric has asked me uh, why not 200 and I started to um, give some uh, thoughts maybe there are some default baseline policy placeholder and that's the reason why they keep five uh, free or something like that, but yeah. that's uh, just um, I don't know. So maybe we have to ask the product group, but when we are talking about the limitation, what is uh, also written down in Microsoft Learn or yeah, Microsoft Learn, not Microsoft Docs,
2: another reprint, (laughs) then- Uh, uh, It's it's actually quite interesting uh, uh, answer because uh, uh, as you may know, uh, I, I always version my conditional access policies meaning that I never uh, modify uh, existing policies and always create a new version. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, uh, my policies are actually going towards uh, maybe 50 in my tenant because I keep all versions and I need to take into account uh, this limit uh, if I want Mm -hmm. to keep doing this for uh, the next years to come. So uh, uh, thanks for the answer because uh, that will really help me. Yeah.
1: So the next time when we meet, uh, you will ask me, what happens if you reach the limit of 195 conditional access <laughs> policy? Is yeah. there an error message? Will there yeah. be no apply uh, oh. application of the policy? That will be a good uh, yeah. level 400 question.
2: Yeah, and, and the, <laughs> the, maybe the other question will be: Is uh, will actually cleaning up old policies pay room again, or is it like a limit? Uh, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, uh, something we uh, have to try but uh, you have to give me some time to reach that amount of policies uh, that. yeah we we'll also
0: yeah. T- uh, think about and uh, we'll uh, keep it in mind to, to ask uh, Stefan when he is also joining our conference so I think well maybe this can be also a good question for our long table. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah indeed definitely yeah yeah great that was a lot of fun. And I think what is the total points uh when it comes to the quiz? I think you have
0: two points from five uh from five questions. I'm yeah, no, 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 no. Three points. Three points. Three points. Okay. Okay. Three okay. points. Perfect. So,
1: so so, so I've used the joke the last time as well, but I must remember, uh, repeat it. You have more points than germany in the last eurovision song concert. we are still uh, on the baseline that we have for our guests uh, in the podcast. well thanks for that that's quite an honor so uh, thank
0: you cool cool it was really great to have you here in our podcast thanks Kenneth it was a pleasure yeah Absolutely.
2: Uh, thanks for having me uh, and uh, looking forward to meet you guys in person
0: again uh, during the uh, identity summit, uh, yeah, absolutely, and we're looking forward to see you there. It was really, yeah, will be really, really great, I think. Cool, perfect.
1: So have a great summertime, and see you in September in Koblenz.
0: Okay, thanks for having me. Thank see you. you,
1: guys. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.